BeastNet is brought to you by James Safety Services in partnership with OCR Bunny and OCR Strong. Here we discuss all things OCR and fitness related. Welcome to BeastNet. Hey everybody, it's Mike with BeastNet here and on today's episode I got with me Tony Matisi. Tony, um, let everyone know kind of who you are. I know you've been on before, but you know, for the new listeners. Yeah, hey, how are you doing? I'm Tony Matisi. I, I guess... In a nutshell, I'm an endurance athlete, and I'm the host of the CSU 24 PNW, and uh, we've got that event coming up pretty soon, and I'm super stoked about it. Me too. I'm, ex- yeah. I'm hugely stoked. I was actually at REI today looking at new uh, water, water filtration systems and stuff for that for that event, so yeah. Yeah, and um, I guess I don't even know where to begin, but um, for those of you who don't know me, I used to... Uh, worked for Spartan a long time ago. Um, feels like ages ago at this point now, but I was was a different lifetime. (laughs) I know I was a director of endurance there. And that kind of is what got me really involved in the idea of race directing and, um, kind of now just doing my own thing with, uh, Darren DeHarris and CSU endurance. And, uh, yeah, we've got the CSU 24. And so we've been doing that for, this will be a year number three here. Uh, would have been year four if there wasn't all these COVID things, but uh, year number three, we're excited for it. And, um, you know, every day we're kind of coming up with new ideas on how we can enhance the event. Um, we also are trying to come up with like just in general new events, but that's something that's not really quite ready to be talked about, but we can kind of just, I, I want to put it out there that that's something that we want to do. And um, so my wife, actually, she's um, she's actually gotten really involved in it ever since um being introduced to this world, um, doesn't really want to participate, but loves it from the perspective of directing and everything. She thinks it's a really fun experience. And, uh, she likes doing more of like the survival skill sets. Yeah. And so her and I are trying to figure out ways that we can bring more survival skills to these events that we host. And so, um, without, um, we don't have anything concrete, so I can't really say, yes, this is happening, but that's what we want to do and what we're trying to do. And we're working on, um, kind of putting something together. There's a couple of different camps. We do, um, this one at camp shepherd, right. Mm-hmm. And that is down near Mount Rainier national park. And this, um, these other events we're doing, we're looking at a couple of the other boy scout camps that are in the area because we've got a really good relationship with them. And, uh, I've visited, um, a couple other camps probably in the past three months. And um, yeah, I think there's some exciting things coming in the pipeline. They'll probably be coming out in the next year or two. That's awesome. And that's one thing that's fun. I mean, it's, I like the way, you know, I did the CSU last year. I mean, everyone I, I've talked about on this, the show before, and, you know, we had everyone from the team, team beast net, which we took third. I got to count the, the clock is down on my wall downstairs. Um, and I love the way it's set up where it's, you know, at the camp, everything it's so it's the atmosphere, you know, when you come back to camp and we, you know, we were able to set up a, you know, an RV, which we're doing again this year. Um, but you come back to camp and it was like, everyone's clapping for you as you come back in. It was a, it was a huge, amazing atmosphere. And that's one of the one I, things I loved about the way you set up this and why I was so excited. Like, yeah, I'm in for next year. So, well, I'm glad that you're coming back. I think that's, yeah, I think that's one of my favorite things about this event is the campers row, I think is what we call it. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's a big giant open field with this backdrop of, uh, this impressive cliffside. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, uh, you know, we get the starting arch and we light it up at night and all that. And I think that kind of just makes it kind of fun too, but you just get all these tents lined up down campers row. And I'm hoping to just, you know, each year we do this, get more and more tents so that that, that place is just packed. Right. Yeah. Um, Cause I could really see the atmosphere just, it's already incredible. Um, but you know, more people, the merrier. And I think it'll be even more fun if we have just tons of people, you know, all these different tents. And I, and one of the things that we do with the tents, and I think I really, really want to emphasize this year, cause I feel like each year we've gotten a little bit better about it, but you know, we try to get like a spirit award thing going. And yeah. so the idea is that you decorate your tent, give it a theme, give it something, you know, get your whole tent space, your camp area, you know, kind of um, try to channel whatever it is 
and that you're into. I mean, it, it could be anything. I think we had dinosaurs at one that was of the us. We did it that That's right. There you go. Um, what else? I'm trying to remember what else we had. We had, you know, just goofiness, you know, just bringing your fun energy to the table and um, kind of show who you are or whatever it is that you love with your tent space, your campsite. And then, you know, we try to choose someone, someone as a spirit award for that. Um, the event's just really fun. It's different, I think, than most events out there. Um, you know, most events, they are distance-based or, um, you know, some of them are time-based, but this one isn't so much distance or time. Yes, there is a time allotment. It's 24 hours, yep. but in that 24 hours, it's about points and uh, you accumulate points by running different trails. Each trail has a different point value each, and, and they're all based on uh, basically a formula that we developed where it takes distance and elevation and then that's how we actually calculate the points and it's based on that um, there's probably going to be a couple new trails well maybe not new trails this year but different length trails i'll say mm -hmm. um we had a lot more i think we erred on the side of having more long distance trails last time so i'm going to try to even that out with like some more medium distance trails um this year we're still probably going to only have like six but uh, we might get rid of one of the long trails, replace it with a medium distance trail. So that way there's a little bit more uh, exploration happening because yeah. I know a lot of people were only able to do like two trails sometimes because they would do the two big ones and they're like, all right, I'm done. Um, so I want to give people the chance to see more by having some shorter distances available. Um, but, you know, at the end of each trail, well, not even at the end of each trail, I guess it's each one's kind of different on how it plays out, but um, there's different objectives. There's different bonuses. And some of the bonuses are, you know, they're going to happen during certain times of the day. So strategy comes into play. Mm -hmm. uh, you may, there might be, uh, on the, say the blue trail, just, uh, just to throw out a color, they're all color coded. Uh, th there might be a bonus objective, but it's only available from 4 PM until 8 PM. And then, then it's not available. So you need to strategize. Okay. I need to make sure that I'm on that trail during that time frame, So I can get those bonus points, because again, this is a race about points. Um, and the more bonus objectives you do, the more points you earn. And we've kind of done it in a tiered system, which makes it really, I think, add, it, it, there's like all these different layers of strategy that come in. Um, yeah. You know, the first 10 people get the higher amount of bonus points. The next 10 people get a slightly lower amount. And then everyone else gets the lowest amount of bonus points available for that objective. So you really got to like think about where you're going to go and okay, I know that, you know, a bunch of people are going to this trail, so I'm probably not going to be able to get, you know, maybe I'm not going to be able to get the, the top tier points there. So maybe I'm going to go to this other trail instead so I can get the top tier points at that one. And then later on, I'll just get, you know, a, a lower amount from that, that other trail. Um, those are the types of decisions that you have to make, which I think that's what really brings uh, this whole new element. It's almost like a, it's like a gamification of racing. And yeah. I, I, that's what I enjoy. And that's what I want to do more of with just race directing in general. And, and that was one of the things I loved about it. Cause it was one of those things. Cause like, you know, this last year was our first year, you know, the, all three of us, like everyone on our team, it was our first year. Cause it was actually kind of funny was I was supposed to be on a team where one of the other people, you know, signed up, said, we're going to do it. And it was people that had done it before. And then they ended up having to back out and just pretty much like handed me the whole team registration said, you know, just, yeah, do whatever. So I ended up having to pick up two people who were newbies and I'd never done it. And they're like, what's it like? I'm like, I don't know. Let's go <laughs> find out. So, and it was, I think it had to been like 10, 11 o'clock at night or something like that. We would just like all three of us happened to be at camp and we looked at the, the leaderboard and we were like number one and we're like, how? And then, but we hadn't strategized at all. So it was like the other teams had kind of strategized. So they were behind us at that point, but were able to pass us because we had missed out on a whole bunch of bonus ones because we never, we were just like, we were just running. We right. up get, if we happen to get one, cool. If not, whatever, you know, and then it was just kind of, you know, Tessa who had strategized the whole night. And what's funny is I did like four or five runs with her. And then I'm like, how did, you know, she killed us, but um <laughs> But, and that's kind of the thing like this year, it's like, okay, now we kind of have an idea. So we got to strategize and figure out, like you said, you got to strategize. Cause I think we ended up with more miles than they did. Right. But because we didn't strategize correctly. We ended up with, you know, 
not enough, not as much points. And I think there was another team behind us that even had more miles than we did, but we had, you know, had ended up getting more points than they did. So it's kind of, it's a whole strategy. And that's the, 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 the craziest thing about it is it's just like, you have to, you know, cause I know for me, one of the ones was, is it was like at that point where I'm like, okay, I got to strategize. Cause I was going to do one trail. And then I'm like, well, if I do that one, I'm only getting the base points for that. But if I do this one, I get an extra bonus. Cause it'll be trail number like four. And if you do so many different trails and the more different ones you do, you start getting bonus points even for that. And I'm like, oh, okay. And that was stuff that I never, you know, paid attention to till later in the night. And it's like, oh, okay, I need to start looking at this. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's like a lot of people when they come out the first time, they just don't really fully comprehend it. Comprehend it. Um, but as you start playing the game, as it are, uh, you're like, oh, I see how this works. Like this is, it, it really is about doing these bonuses. And a lot of these bonuses, I mean, if you're able to be the first one there, they might really, really bump you up a lot because it's yeah. worth, you know, 10 extra points or whatever. Whereas a trail might be only worth 10 points. And it's like, holy cow, that's 20 points there. So you can just double your points just by doing one bonus objective. That can be huge. Um, and I think, you know, like, let's maybe talk a little bit about the bonuses. I mean, what, tell me what your favorite ones were. Um, I think it was, a, it was the, and I can't remember what it was. It was the, the riddle. There was a riddle that the you riddle. had to like, you, you gave us the riddle, like before we started going and you had to have like figured it out before you got back. And then there was something else. There was another one. Oh no. When we got to the top, we got the riddle and then we had to have the answer of it before we got back, I think. And then there was another one where it was like, they gave you something you had to memorize. Mm -hmm. and you had to remember it and there was another really good one where there was weird pictures along the way mm -hmm. that had facts in fact yep. i think i have most of those downstairs i need to get those to you still but <laughs> yeah, that had the facts on them and then you would like you once all of a sudden we came back into camp and i believe it was your wife was the one that was doing a lot of that was like oh hey okay now and would ask you a random question from all those pictures and you'd have to try and remember it yeah yeah so, so you yeah, learned we had, we had to memorize we had um and we try to like take facts from surrounding area, yep. from local, like we try to implement things that are kind of fun, so unique to the area. Yeah, it was like um, facts about Mount Rainier. It was facts mm -hmm. about the, the wilderness that we were in, which mm -hmm. was cool because then it gave you a whole nother learning objective where you were, your mind was being tested at the same time. It's like most of us train our bodies and not our minds. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh, now I got to remember things and, and all of that. And I mean, you know, come up with strategies for that. And how am I going to remember this if I don't have a great memory? And, you know, hopefully they ask like the one question I happen to know the answer to, or, you know, that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think, um, you know, with, with that, with these bonus objectives, we're trying to get creative. We're trying to come up with different ones each year. We don't want to get stale. So, um, yeah. you know, we'll probably bring back some of the favorites, but then we'll also probably tweak a couple of them here and there. Um, and I think that's kind of just what we'll do every year with it is like, you know, we'll, we'll have some staples, but I mean, it might be memorization, but you are probably going to memorize something different or, um, you know, it might be another riddle, but you have to do a completely different riddle. So that way it's not just the same old one, um, keeps you on your toes and you can't just memorize it from one year to the next. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's a fun element. I think to it is that it, these bonus objectives um you don't know what they're going to be until the the weekend of the race really yeah um, i try to keep them a little bit cryptic in the athlete guide so that way it's not like oh and i might update the athlete guide like a week before with what they're actually going to be because you know that's just how these get ready <laughs> yeah that's just how these things kind of go sometimes and that's just you know drawing on some of my old experiences from death race and all that stuff where it's like you just don't always know what's going to happen and that's i think the unpredictability of it is what makes it more fun because yeah if you can predict things then i mean that's that's it's not fun it's, it's too easy um yeah it definitely makes everyone likes fun. a challenge oh yeah we do and that's why we do this i mean if we didn't want to challenge ourselves we wouldn't be out you know in the middle of the woods you know running around for 24 hours you know because what killed me as i got lucky because the one way i had to remember stuff i think it was that one was the mutton oh i can't remember, I can't remember the name of it mm -hmm. mutton mutton uh, mutton yeah when i went up that one i did that first that was like, okay, let's yeah. just get this one out of the way first. Cause you warned us. You're like that one in the heat of the day is going to get hot. And I didn't expect it to like get that hot that early. Yeah. You know? That one but, was, I mean, it was, that was a rough, that was a rough year too. I mean, that was like the hottest day on record. I think for yeah, us and it, like, was. it was, that was not ideal conditions. I'm really hopeful that we don't get yeah, stuck not. with that kind of that's what killed me again. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, I, I mean <laughs> as a race director, I was stressing out the whole time because well, I just, I care about my racers and I don't want anyone to get hurt. And it's because like, that was the first know, question you guys I... were asking when I came yeah. back, did you see this racer? Did you see this person? Where were they at? Cause we were all on the same trail and you know, you were worried they were having, cause the same problem I had was I had a, a camel back with three liters and I'm like, Oh, I'll be fine. So I didn't bring a, you know, my, my water filter with me. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, like I'm coming back down the mountain and I'm out of water. You know, yeah. I given some to, to test that because she was running low and I'm like, oh, go ahead. You know, I have three liters. I'm good. And then all of a sudden about halfway down the mountain, I'm like, I'm out of water. Yeah. And, then, and it's, and it sneaks yeah. up like you, and you like that. Um, and then I couldn't get in it. You know, of course I didn't bring the, the filter. So it's like, I can't grab any out of the stream. And I'm like, okay, I, I completely screwed myself on this one. So yeah, I looked today, I was at REI dropping off my, my uh, road bike to have some work done to it. And I was looking at some and I found a couple of nice ones that I was thinking of like that I could get. So this year I'm not having that problem again. <laughs> so, so, and what, so which ones were you looking at? I'm curious. Let's talk about I was, because I think that's an important thing that people often underestimate. Yes. Um, we don't have aid stations. We don't have water stations. You no. have to be self-sufficient in that sense. Yes. Um, we have water back at camp that you can refill from there's hoses and stuff you can refill from. Um, yeah. and we'd had water bottles and water. stuff. Yeah. But out on the course, I mean, it's, it's, it's survival a little bit. And um, it is. And it was inside the packet. You told me I should have had it and I didn't have it with me. So, I mean, that was my own fault, but it's one of those. And as someone who teaches, you know, I mean, I teach first aid, mm-hmm. I teach wilderness first aid. And I'm like, one of the first things I tell people don't go out in the wilderness without a water, water filter. And what does the instructor do? Go out in the wilderness without a water filter. So it's, it's, you know, sometimes it's really hard to take our own advice, right? But it is. So, yeah, what, what, which water filters, which oh, ones were you looking at? And it was one, it was a setup. It's the, the Katadin be free. Yes. But in putting that one in the, uh, a hydro pack, they have a, mm-hmm. a really good, you know, two liter, three liter and four liter one. And the guy I was talking to said it, it screws perfectly onto the top oh, and cool. you fill the, the bladder up and then you can basically squeeze it and it comes out and filters quickly. Where a lot of the other ones, you're waiting like five minutes for it to go through. This one actually squeezes out quickly and you can squeeze it right into your ham- camelback mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. filter it into your camelback. And that way you're not having the, because my biggest problem, I always worry about attaching it to my camelback, mm-hmm. like in, in, you know, in line. It's like, but then I'm putting nasty water in my camelback, but <laughs> I'd rather filter it before it goes in the camelback. Cause then I'm like, yeah. what about the next time I use that camelback? Now am I going to have to filter it every time, you know, kind of thing. And I break, right. those, I break those houses all the time. And I'm like, yeah. I break the filter and now I've got big problems. So I was trying to find a way to do it without that. So that's a, that's a good point. And with those camelbacks, like one of the things that you can do if, if they do get dirty um, is it's, uh, it, it's recommended to use bleach basically. Yep. Um, and then, you know, wash, rinse it out really, really well and then let it air dry. Um, but uh, the Katadin and just in general, I think they make a really great filter. I use like their 0.6 liter water bottle mm-hmm. and it has the filter right there. And so like, I'm just, I, I fill that up all the time. And then the great thing about that is the actual water bottle itself is dishwasher safe. I throw it in the dishwasher when I get home and I mean, it makes my life really easy. So I have like one of those that I use for filtering water. I have another one that I usually like a normal water bottle that I use for putting like my noons and stuff mm-hmm. like that in there. And um, I kind of just, you know, go with that as my setup. I use like the, the vests, the ultra vests. So I have yeah. these two water bottles. Um, and I, I used to be a big fan of the camelbacks and I, I don't know when I switched to doing the vest thing, but um, I found it's really quick for refilling because sometimes the camelbacks yeah. are a little bit slower to refill. And for me, I was looking at that. Your pack. That's why I was looking at this when they said it, it filled up really quick. And my biggest thing was, is I, I know I drink a lot of water when I'm out on course. Um, I've had, I've been like heat stroke more than once in my life. So it's like, now it's easier for me to happen. So for me, I like having that, the camelback. Cause like mountain mountain, it was what almost seven, I think five or six miles to the top from the Creek. Mm-hmm. So you had almost a 12 mile, like loop where you were out of there was nowhere to even get water yeah so i couldn't so even that's a, that part was a big loop <laughs> yeah, one... so there was a big loop there and it was it was right in that spot where the fire had ran through so mm-hmm. there was no cover and you know you like i said you warned us before we went and that's why i went like I, i'm gonna hit this one early before it gets hot and it, the heat just got hit us way quicker than most of us expected yeah yeah that, that it i mean it was hot by before I want to say like 11, it yeah. was 
hotter than hell. Uh, so I'm hoping that next year, this year, I guess, um, this year we don't experience that kind of extreme heat. But if no. we do, I mean, everyone, please, if you come out to this race, which I would love all of you to, um, yes. please, please, please uh, be smart, <laughs> have water filters, have lots of water on you. It's important. Um, like I said, we don't have water stations out there. This is, this is definitely a self-sufficient event in that sense. Yeah. Um, and Mutton Mountain is, I mean, without question, probably like the hardest trail just because of the exposure. Uh, there's, there's another trail that's slightly longer, Noble Knob, but it's got a lot more tree cover. And so yep. it's not nearly as devastating as Mutton Mountain can be. And Mutton Mountain kind of takes you up very ashy, nasty terrain yeah. because it was there was a, a burn that went through um and, it, it and took all the tree took all devastated the a lot of the forest there's yeah. no trees um the cool thing though was i mean like i think we were starting to see a lot of new regrowth happening there was stages I, but i got like, some I remember, pictures yeah i remember like you know going back three years ago or so when we had the first one and i had first scouted it there was none of that growth so like we're already seeing the forest coming back and doing its thing, which is amazing. I think just from like a hippie nature standpoint, <laughs> I, I'm right there with you. Cause I noticed that a couple of times I can remember and I'm like, I took a couple of pictures, like, you know, and the, the pictures, I loved them. They looked so great. Cause you could see the devastation of the, the, the fire, but then you could see all this green and, and purple from the flowers coming up out of it. And I'm like, now that is, that is why nature is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It'll, it'll always come back. Yeah, because um, I know I didn't do Noble Knob until the next week when I went up and grabbed everything. So the first time I'd right. ever gone up Noble was when I went up to go snag all the signs. And I made the mistake of, and I, I really should have done, gone up and then pulled everything else on the way back down. Yeah. Because, yeah, I pulled everything on the way back up, on the way up and then completely got turned around on the way down. And I think I ended up doing like an extra almost 10 miles because I was like, where the hell am I? You know, oh, kind of thing. Like well, not sorry, completely happened, lost. I do really appreciate that you helped us with that. Well, it wasn't that I got lost really. I just, I missed a turn and then it was like, okay, I don't think where I'm supposed to be. And luckily I had my, my GPS on and I'm like, okay, yeah, it shows that I should be like six miles that way. You know, yeah. I was just hiking along, enjoying my, my, and I'm like, it's been a long time since I saw a sign or anything. And I'm like, you know, look at it. I'm like, oh, that's because I'm way off course. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, yeah and I, it, mentioning that we are always looking for volunteers. We're always looking for help. We are a very, very small operation. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's mostly just me and my wife doing a lot of it. Darren helps out a little bit um, from California with like ordering some stuff. But honestly, you know, uh, it's it's a very small operation. So any volunteering help we get is super appreciated. And of course, we are willing to compensate with free races and stuff like that um, the best we can. Um yeah, I mean, it's 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 an excellent weekend. We're really looking forward to it. Camping is basically the way it works is like the camping uh, fees that normally would be charged by the campground. That's just all wrapped into the cost of the race entries. So, you know, if you're racing, you're getting instant entry. Um, it's based on per tent. So, you know, it works out really well that way. You can bring your friends, you can bring your family. We encourage yeah. it. Um, if they do bring an additional tents, then we might ask for a little bit of help on that end just because, you know, it's 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 an operation right but oh, yeah. um otherwise it's mostly we pretty much let everyone just camp for free and we just kind of cover that the, the hydration i think was a really good point yeah. it is definitely that's that's one of the most important things i mean like we got i got lucky because we we ended up having an rv spot because the, the team that i was originally supposed to race with had gotten it and that's why this year i'm like i want one um because what we did is we had the rv and then we set up like base camp with one of our racers wives was there and she doesn't she wasn't going to race so she was kind of our, our, our basically all of our race wife we would come down she was helping us with water i mean we had the whole you know everything we needed and then anything she didn't have we could just go over to tessa and get from the food truck so which that's yeah. the other part there's a food truck they have a food truck on site so yeah we have a food truck on site um which is really fun because you know there's, there's if you run out of food for some reason well you can buy some food from the food truck and you're good to yeah. go um and or maybe you just you're like you know what i don't like any of the stuff i have right now i need something like a little bit more tasty something that's hot boom there you go um you mentioned the rv spots we do have like i think six rv spots available so there's not they are very limited they're first come first serve and once they're sold out they're sold out um but they are available and it's a great way to have like a really solid base camp um 
you know, and if you get an RV spot, you're more than welcome to still set up a tent so that way you don't have to like run all the way back to your RV every time. Um, because like the way it works is when you come through that starting arch, you still have about like a quarter mile to get to the actual check-in point, <laughs> which is kind of fun and deceptive. Um, but you, you get back to that checkpoint and then, you know, when you're running past your campsite, you can always stop there, grab your stuff, continue on. Um, I guess a few important things to think about just as a, if you are racing is that we always want you to check in whenever you finish a lap. And we always want you to check out before you go out on a lap. So that way we know where you are at all times, we can track you more efficiently that way. Um, you know, if you come in after finishing a lap and you go straight to your tent and pass out, we might think that you're still on course. And then that means we have to go <laughs> looking for you only to find out, you know, three hours later when you wake up that you were in the tent the whole time. Don't do that to us, please. That's really, it's stressful for not only us, but everyone else. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's because we care a lot about all of you. And so uh, we, we want you to check in with us as frequently as possible. So that way we can make sure we know where you are at all times. And that's one of the things honestly that I, I loved about this was that because I saw it at a couple of different times where there was someone, you know, that was either people thought was acting kind of, you know, oh, hey, I think they might be going into heat, you know, heat exhaustion or something like that. And they were coming back into base saying, hey, you might want to send someone to go check on this person. You know, when we I went up, you know, mountain mountain, when I came back down, the first questions I got was one, are you OK? And then two, did you see this racer, this racer, this racer, you know, and where was the last place you saw them so that you guys had an idea of, do we need to send somebody up to go yeah. check on these people? Yeah. I mean, cause this is a very remote location. It's not easily accessible. It's not yeah. like we can go take an, you know, an ATV up and get like a lot of these trails are single track trails. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the only way we get up there is by hiking ourselves. Um, you know, there's a couple drop locations that we have where we are able to drive a car up and then we can get to a, you know, a little bit further up, up the mountain. But the reality is driving to those destinations takes us 35 minutes still. Yeah. So, I mean, to get someone to you, it could take a long time. So we always want to know where you are. At least then we have a better idea of if we have to like, okay, this person, you know, they've been averaging this time and we, and we have all these formulas in our spreadsheets that we have that are calculating, like how long it's taking you to do everything. And it's giving us an idea so that we each lap that you're doing, if we see that you're suddenly super slow, we know because it tells us and we're able to be like, okay, something's going on here. We should probably start checking on this person and trying to figure out where they are. Um, if we don't see them in the next amount of time, we, we are going to be able to send someone out. Like we can do a lot of that math to, to, to just kind of eliminate any sort of issues. Cause we want to protect everyone as much as we can. Yeah. Which is, I mean, you don't see that in a lot of races. A lot of races are like you show sign up, you show up and they hand you a t-shirt when you finish, you know, yeah. or whatever, where with you guys, it was more, like I said, it was more of a family feeling. I mean, we're all on teams, but no one really cared if that makes sense. It was yeah. like me and Tessa and, and, uh, God, what's his name? Tony, I think was the guy that was with her or Todd, not Todd, Tony. Where did I get Tony? You're Tony. Um, <laughs> but Todd, um, we did like three or four different loops together and it's like, we're on completely opposite teams. I ran more with them than I did with my own team. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing, like, and that's kind of the beauty of the team, right? So we, we, there's the individuals, you can do individuals 24 hours. There's the team of three people that you can do for 24 hours. And then there is the, uh, the, for the very crazy masochists, you've got the hundred miler, which goes longer than 24 hours because mm -hmm. no one, no one in the right mind could finish that in, uh, 24 hours, maybe Killian Jornet could, I don't know if anyone else could, honestly. Um, but and nobody's done it in the what? In 30? No one's done it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no one's we've had we've given um, like 32 hours. I think we increased it. I think we considered increasing it if anyone was willing to keep going, but no one was willing to keep going. Um, but in 32 hours, no one has finished the 100 miler yet. So, I mean, I I would still love to see that happen. I think that'd be really cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, like the, the way with the team works is you can going back to that, the team, you can divide and conquer. Everyone can go on their mm -hmm. own way. And you can add up your points that way, or you can all do the same trails together and like, you know, stay together as a cohesive team. It's totally up to you how you do it. Um, and, and no strategy is right or wrong. It's, I mean, it's all up to you. It's kind of, kind of how the game works. Everyone can play it differently and the results, you know, will tell us what works and what doesn't. 
Yeah. And I mean, that's what it was so fun about it is it was just, you know, everyone kind of did their own thing. I mean, but everyone was together. I mean, I had a couple of people I did full loops with. We went together basically. And I have no idea. I'm not even sure if that morning I knew their name, but <laughs> we just went and did it together. And, you know, but it was, it's definitely a test. It definitely was. Cause like I said, when I came back from mountain mountain, I'm pretty sure I was really close. If not going into each stroke, I had to yeah. take about a four or five hour break and just drink water, do everything I could to keep my body cool before I finally kind of snapped out of it and was able to go back out there. But I was still so exhausted. I'm like, I'm happy. I got like 30 miles, you know, yeah. but in a lot of people, miles is a huge accomplishment, you know, it, is. Oh, it was, and that, and it's not just the 30 miles. It's like, people don't realize that was like 30 miles, with like 6,000 feet of elevation. I mean, it's yeah, exactly. a lot it's, of up the side yeah. of a hill. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because this, like we said, like at the very beginning, it, it backs up to a cliff like side. And um, yeah. so a lot of these, yeah, there's switchbacks and stuff like that for sure. But it's a lot of gain. I mean, mm -hmm. if you do, I think Noble Knob, you're looking at like 5,600 something gain or whatever. It's in that yeah. range. I can't remember exactly, but it's a lot of gain um, on an 18 mile trail. Uh, you do some of the other ones, like you're still looking at three, 4,000 gains. So, I mean, you're, you're climbing and you're doing, you know, multiple laps, multiple loops. Uh, you're, you're going to add up really quickly. Uh, I mean, I think I was, I can't remember what it came out to, but if you did the hundred miles, like, and if you do the hundred miler, um, there is a, the caveat, you have to do each trail once before you're allowed to repeat any of the trails. So yeah. you can't just go do the same loop over and over again, because you like that, you know, variation of distance and elevation you have to do all of them at least once see the whole place basically and then you can go repeat whatever you want to and that at that point you can repeat anything you want as many times as you want to get to that hundred i don't care after that point but i want you to see every single trail yeah. but i mean it, you're looking at you know thirty thousand gain easily if you're doing the 100 miler mm -hmm. i think and that's a lot of gain that is um, for, for a hundred miler it really is uh I'm, i can't remember what cascade crest was but i want to say cascade crest when i did that hundred miler which is a serious one it was only in like the twenty five thousand range so i mean yeah this is it's a serious hundred and i like i said i'd love to see someone finish it i think that'd be really cool um yeah so you got the team you got the individuals you got the uh hundred miler there's options for all of them uh Let's see what else we got about this race. I mean, it's it's super fun. Uh, super fun. Super. I mean, I, I love the the views. I mean, the, the, the view the on my. So, it's very beautiful. I mean, especially like the views for Mutton and for Noble are just yeah. unbelievable. But even if you do Little Ranger, um, you know, like you you pop out of the forest and all of a sudden there's Mount Rainier. Especially if you get a nice clear day, which yep. luckily we've had. I think for the past couple of years we've done it. And you pop out and you're just like, whoa. Uh, right, hey, right there because it's I my, mean, really close the my computer background was a one of the pictures i taken i can't remember which one it was it was one of them but it was at night and mm. it was like four or like four in the morning i came up and i think it was i think it was ranger i can't remember which one it was but i popped up and it was like it's the one where you're right next to the the, the like crack and the, that you had to grab the, you know, we had to, I know if someone said that they moved the the thing, cause it was almost, it was a little too close. Mm, to the yeah. That was, that was little ranger uh, yeah. lookout. Yeah. And on the lookout. And I mean, you come out there and all of a sudden you can just see, I mean, you could see the outline of the mountains because with the moon. And I mean, it was gorgeous. And I've had that picture on my computer for a while. And someone's like, is that a picture of like the, you know, what is that? And I'm like, that's Mount Rainier basically in the middle of the night, that's four o'clock in the morning on the, you know, just out in the middle of nowhere. And they're like, why were you out there? And I will tell you this at four in the morning, when you've been up for almost 24 hours, you hear some really weird things when you're walking around. It's like, <laughs> yes, you see, do like I'm starting to hallucinate. <laughs> you definitely hear some things. Um, it's definitely encouraged at night. We encourage people to go out with someone else. Don't yep. we, I really don't like people going out solo. Um, I know it does happen sometimes, but I really, 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 really encourage people to go out with a partner because it's just, let's add that layer of safety. Um, it is a very remote location. You know, I mean, the nearest hospital is probably hour and a half away. Like, let's be real here. Like, we yeah, because the nearest one's probably Enumclaw. Yeah, you oh. gotta take every precaution you can. And Enumclaw, I mean, you know, technically they call it Enumclaw is where the race is, but it's really green water, I think. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's kind of like, yeah, you're at least an hour out from there. Yeah. Cause that was one thing that I thought I, I live, I like when I go, cause I've been training for a triathlon. When I hop on my bike, I ride my bike to Enumclaw, which is only 10 miles from my house to go right, you know, swim. So when we were first like, Oh, it's just camp shepherd. Oh, it's an Enumclaw. 
And then like, we went to drive out to it and I'm like, why does it say it's going to take us an hour? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really interesting. Like it has like an Enum claw address, but, um, it's, I mean, it's, it's out there. It's out there. <laughs> it's definitely, I mean, it's pretty close to crystal mountain. Mm -hmm. Um, you're just, you're just like a couple miles away from there. So, I mean, you start, okay, yeah, I know we had the resort like places and stuff. I have a uh, ice spikes and, you know, the walking sticks, just cause I know noble knob still had snow on it, snow and ice. Yeah. And that's, that's actually another good thing to, to, to bring up is like, you know, depending on how melt works out, um, it might be melted out enough or it might not be. Uh, I know when I, went, I was surprised at how much snow there was last year, I was marking course and I was like, oh man. I was like, I thought this was going to be more melted out this because I think the previous year it had melted out more, mm -hmm. but then la last year it really hadn't. So, um, you know, that's a factor you got to take into consideration is there's a possibility you're going to need micro spikes and stuff because yep. if, if the snow doesn't melt enough, no, that's, that's the case and we have to adapt. Yeah. And I actually have a bag downstairs that that's what it is. It's my bag for CSU that's like got my micro spikes. It's got my, you know my 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 poles it's got everything like you know i use the poles a little bit now but you know the micro spikes i haven't had another need for them but it's like i have them so next time i do you know do the race in case i need them you know i've got my bear you know my bear bells i mean i have all that kind of stuff and i mean maybe that's one thing we should bring up some of the extra stuff that people might want to think about that i didn't think about till like i think it was like the week of i finally actually read <laughs> what i needed and i'm like oh i don't have any You're of that like, stuff oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, that's problem. a great point uh yeah i guess let's let's talk about some of those things i'll pull up the list real quick but i mean bear bells that's one of them yep. um let's see what else we got uh trying to think that the, 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 the water spikes filter. was one yep. the water filters one um let's see uh trekking poles i mean trekking yep. poles like you said those those are really great uh you know i personally i've been a fan of trekking poles for a very long time now um I, I i remember back mexico death race i was down there i was not racing i was directing and i saw mark jones he's one of the most phenomenal athletes i've seen out there uh, in the endurance world and this guy comes running like with these trekking poles and i was like dude do you like those like is that do they aren't they getting in your way and he was in first place and he's like no he's like man it makes it so much easier especially on the climbs and stuff and i was like oh and this was like way, way back then. This is like 10 years ago almost now. Mm -hmm. and, and it was just like a light bulb. It was like, wow, I didn't realize. And I started using them and I was like, wow, trekking poles really can pay off. And then there's lots of races where they say no trekking poles purposely, right? Like they don't want you to use them because yeah. they can give you an advantage. But, um, you know, we don't have that kind of stipulation. I think trekking poles are good. I mean, especially because for longevity, mm -hmm. <laughs> you, you need those, like, especially on the downhill, it can help you save your knees um headlamp you need to have a headlamp oh, yeah. extra batteries extra batteries because your headlamp might die you never yeah. know and you want to have those extra batteries just in case it does because it's dark out there you don't want to get lost yeah actually um, with two headlamps this time because last time that happened to me it was mm -hmm. it didn't die but i was doing one last one and i was whereas with us with one of my partners ryan and i was basically mine was still on but it wasn't really showing much. You could tell mine was dying, but it was like, you know, so it made it, but it just barely made it. But yeah. And the trekking poles, I had never actually used them until CSU last year. And now I'm like, I, I'm after using them on the, the last couple of rounds, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm a big believer in these. Yeah. Because, they make yeah, such a difference. Radio. They make such a difference. Radio. Um, Cause the food, only time I'd ever used it before was when I broke my foot. I yeah. had one. Oh, you had but that yeah. was it. Yeah. And they, they make such a difference. And then food, you need food for 24 yes. hours. So like, like we talked, said this a few times early on when we were talking about water, it's self-sustaining. You got to feed yourself. I'm not feeding you out there. I don't have aid stations set up or like nope. any, it's not like, you know, a lot of ultra marathons. I know they have like tons of food out there and it's not like that. This is a lot different. Um, it's a much more bare bones event. Um, that's how we kind of keep it a lot less expensive than some of these ultra marathons. Cause you know, some of these races are $400. Yeah, that's what that's why they're able to feed you guys out there. We're not charging anywhere near that. We're charging like less than 150 bucks. So, um, and it's all it's like you say in the beginning, it's self sufficient. This is yeah. one of those ones, and that's one of the things I really like about this too. I mean, it really shows that you need to be self sufficient because if you rely on what they were going to feed you, how do you know your stomach's going to be okay with that? So that's one of the things exactly. I would tell you. One, exactly. make sure whatever you take, your stomach can handle. I've been on one of those races. I think one of my first or second, you know, big, like Spartan races, I made the mistake of like eating something that I had never eaten before. And all of a sudden I'm like, I need a bathroom and I need it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because my and stomach then, was and, angry. 
and there, that's, that's another good point. Like, there's no bathrooms. No. So, I mean, you might have to go dig a hole somewhere and we would encourage you to practice, you know, leave no trace principles. So yes. um, what that means, uh, you know, if you're not going to bag it, like you would bag your dog poop, then you got to dig a hole. That's at least, you know, a certain amount of, I, I forget, is a foot deep? I think it's a foot deep. Yeah, about a foot deep. Uh, and then you, you bury it. Um, that's the right thing to do. Bring compostable toilet paper. I, yes. you know, I do a lot of these hikes in, out in the middle of nowhere. And I, I always bring a little tiny shovel. It's, I mean, it's super lightweight. It, you know, you don't even feel it in your pack, but I always bring that compostable toilet paper too. So that way I can just do a quick little dig, bury it, call it a day. And you don't have to worry about it. You don't feel like you're doing anything bad to our environment. Um, glow sticks. We want glow sticks on you, especially at night. That way we can kind of hopefully get a visual on you more easily. Um, so you attach those to your pack front and back. Um, I actually bought ones that are uh, battery powered glow sticks. Yes. That are worth yeah, you know, that, I think they well. sell them. I think them sell them at Costco. Yep. I, think, I bought I, like an 18 pack of them yep. for like 20 bucks. Yeah. And those things I have, I have the exact same pack. They are the best. Yep. Um, they last a very long time because they're LED glow mm -hmm. sticks so they're not the chemical ones they're i mean they're really a good investment yeah. um, and they're they're better for the environment because it's not i'm not so, wrong way exactly. at the end mm -hmm. so. exactly exactly uh i'm glad you brought that up because those are those are my favorite kind um bear bells you mentioned those earlier we kind of you know no have i ever seen a bear out there no i haven't but do bears are bears in the woods yeah it's yeah. this is remote pacific northwest washington you know, near Mount Rainier. I mean, heck, they've been talking about there being wolverines in Mount Rainier National Park again. Um, yeah, they. this was like a year or so ago, they yeah. saw in Mount Rainier National Park, I mean, which is not too far from there. Right? No. There's, they've seen wolverines again. Um, it's the first time in it's a long, been, long time that they've seen them. Yeah, so it's been years since wolverines have been up there. So that's me. Mm -hmm. I'm glad to see that they're back. I mean, yeah, it's no. super cool. But I mean, that but just kind of gives you an idea that like, there's animals out there. And <laughs> so the more noise you make, um, animals in general are going to like be scared just as yep, much as you move. are of them they're going to be scared of you but if you get too close to them i mean that's where things can get bad but the yeah if you're making tons of noise they're probably going to go run and hide so bear bells help with that they do um, they help get them away and i mean wolverines are actually i'd probably ran, rather ran into a bear than a wolverine but and most totally. people people don't think about like well bears bears will leave you alone the only time you have to worry about a bear if you see a little one move you yeah you go the other way just turn yeah, around go the other way because that means mom's somewhere and if you get too close mm -hmm. to the little one then they get aggressive so yeah they care they're going to take care of their babies you know um there's a couple other things that you need just for the sake of um tracking the event so uh ink pad index card mm -hmm. um we have very limited supply available to buy uh on site so we prefer people just bring their own but you know there's stamps that you have to you can stamp and there's a few some people like to stamp their bib um we tried to make the bib so that way you could stamp them it kind of worked kind of didn't work um so i think it's probably better just to have an index card for that still um i did like the idea of that last last year that was like our first time trying to do that where you could stamp the bib yeah but, that's what that's what i did with all mine but then but it, you could it, it got really hard for us to read it and it got hard for us to like track them so i think we probably are going to go back to doing the um the index Just card an index card this year um because i think i ended up having to start like when you do the lap the second time of the same one it was like you were putting it on we were putting it on back and then it got weird yeah but something yeah. that i haven't added to the list but like i'm thinking about right now because i've there's a there's a brand that i want to um try to get them involved as a sponsor because we have all these fun tasks with memorizing and stuff like that right mm -hmm. like um the the company that makes the um the waterproof paper notepads, notebooks, and the uh, they're like a local Seattle company. Um, I'm totally drawing a blink right now, I, but I can't think of them. I know I have, I, yeah. I have one in the car because I got it with the construction and because I do construction safety, and that was one of the construction companies for us to write notes. They gave us the mm -hmm. they're like you're in Washington on a construction site, you need yeah. Yeah, it's always it's always raining, right? And yeah. and so like that's like a really cool thing to have because you could have the the pen. That you can write uh, no matter what the weather ends up being because we never do know if it's going to rain and and then you could also have um plus sweat too like i you know i've seen people's mm -hmm. paper get sweaty you know so if you want to be able to take notes that could be useful um we talked about water filtration there's all kinds of water filtration i really like the catadin like yeah. you mentioned um personally i like the little water bottles but like the, the camelback one sounds awesome too 
Um, there's also life straws, iodine tabs. The thing with iodine tabs, and I'm going to say this is they work, but it makes your water taste nasty and it takes 30, 40 minutes or whatever to work. So like yeah. it's a long time before you can actually drink your water. Whereas some of these newer methods, they're fast. Yeah. Um, one that I personally have always liked, but um, it's, it, it can be a little bit like cumbersome is the SteriPen. It's like a UV light. You can stir it like within 48 seconds. I think you have like a liter of water that's purified. So if you have a three liter, you have to do that three times before you really purified all your yep. water, but it does work. I've drank out of cow troughs with it. So I like, you know, I've filled my the nasty, nasty water like that had like, you know, I'm saying it had all kinds of probably like mosquitoes, whatever in it. And you just, you filled it up and did it. I mean, it wasn't the best tasting water, but it was clean and I didn't get sick, which is what matters. Um, yeah, I've seen the serapin. I do. A, I've done a, like I said, I do a wilderness 16 hour wilderness first aid class that I teach. And mm -hmm. I taught it for some of the people that do the, uh, the fire watch towers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when I was teaching them, the guy was showing me that he had the serapin and I'm like, now that's pretty, you know, just, it's pretty cool. It's definitely yeah. like one of the more pricey options. Yeah. I think out there. I, think I, like I looked at them. Like I think they were or something. about a hundred bucks and I'm like, yeah, yeah. 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 But I mean, if you're looking for something like kind of cool and high tech, there you go. Um, photo, you know, you're going to want to have some sort of photo capture device um, because, you know, we often have like the waterfall, right? Yep. The selfie. Um, so probably it was a, you had to have, it wasn't a video. You yeah, yeah a it was, video of you in the water. Yeah, it was a video last time. That's right. Yeah, um, one minute. I think the first year we did photo and the second year we did video, which I think we're going to stick with video just because it's a little more fun. It is more uh, fun. We got some pretty good videos where we were like dancing in it. And like, yeah, I think, yeah, Tessa was like posing in it. It was crap. And that's, that's like, I, that's, I mean, that one, you can always expect that one. I'm telling you right now, you can always expect that you're going to get in that waterfall one way or another. And it's gorgeous. And it's a gorgeous oh, hike. So pretty. It's so pretty up there. Because you, you like can that. see the camp and, from wire yeah, up there. As soon as, yeah, once you're up there, you turn around and you see, you can see Camper's Row, which is super cool. Which is what and I'm looking like, forward oh. to one year when it gets big enough that you fill that whole thing and then you can just see all the tents <sighs> down there. Because it's far enough away, you could see like kind of see a tent here and there. Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. it was just, I mean, it's a far, you're up there a ways. But yeah. it's like, yeah, I could just see if that was full, just seeing all the tents, that would be amazing. Yeah, and so um, I think that kind of covers like all of the required gear. But then let me just, I'm just going to run through a quick list of like my recommended gear, um, flashlight, tent, sleeping bag, sunscreen, bug spray. Um, we talked about compostable toilet paper, trail shoes, long socks, windbreakers. You're probably going to want a heavy jacket, especially at night. It gets cold. So mm -hmm. if you are coming back to camp and hanging out for a little bit, you need to have these layers just to be able to be prepared. You go back out, you're running, you're probably going to be nice and warm and you're going to be taking them off but, you know, have them for when you need them. Rain jacket, shell, you know, something like that, because you never know if it's going to rain out here, right? Beanie. Um, we do encourage walkie-talkies because there is such, like, terrible service out there. Um, yeah. That's a good way to be able to communicate with your teams, with your crew, whatever, as you might want to have some really good long-range walkie-talkies. I need to get some better ones. The ones I yeah. got, they, they for whatever reason, I don't know what happened, but they just did not work for that well at all. So, yeah, I mean, I think... A lot of walkie talkies. That's the thing with walkie talkies. Just like, unless you're buying the really expensive ones, they may not work. Um, so it's kind of hit or miss. I did like the Gotenas, and I thought those were going to be great for my wife and I, like to be able to text each other out there. And sadly, they didn't work as well as I thought they would. Um, yeah, I can't remember I what brand we got. It was like, but I think part of the problem was is like the second you got around the side of the mountain, they were gone. Yeah, yeah. Once you're on the other side of the mountain, you're pretty much and like. The yeah. only way we can overcome that is if we put up a repeater, but I don't have, <laughs> don't That's have a lot that of yet. money. Yeah. There's a lot of money, but maybe one day, maybe one day okay. we can get there where we have this event big enough and like we're able to do that. That would be like the dream, um, you know, to make it easier for everybody, or we can get a sponsor. Maybe who knows if anyone knows someone out there that's in the Motorola walkie talkie business, something like, Hey, we would love That'd to be awesome. talk to them about making this possible. It's, it's for safety. We could advertise how great it is for us um yeah. paper kindling matches you know like you're probably going to want if we're allowed to there may or may not be a ban so i'm going to put that out there there may be a ban but if we're allowed to and you want to start like a little campfire then you can um usually i think if i remember right though they want to keep it there's a certain spot designated for it so you may or may not need that um you'll want some cookware if you want to cook your own little food you know you might want like a little camp stove or whatever yeah. Uh, jet boil something like that so you can cook some hot meals because you don't always want to be eating just bars and stuff 
um, hand sanitizer. Uh, we talked about hiking sticks, snake bite kit. I don't think there's really many snakes out there, but I mean, let's just be safe. Um, I think we have that on there because the California race, there's definitely a yeah, lot more in California. Um, Cause I know here in Washington, usually on the West side, it happens occasionally, but very rarely do you see the rattlesnakes on this side. Yeah. You really just remember sucking out you the have, poison doesn't do anything. Yeah. You have, you have to be on the East side to see those, yeah. but I mean, I have it on there just as a, a safety thing. Um, oh, yeah. GPS or compass, you know, I mean, depending on how good you are, you might want something like that. Um, with navigation, it might help you out. Um, I know there's a lot of great apps that can use, um, if you download the maps ahead of time, you can use your GPS without cell service and yes. still be able to see where you are. So, um, you know, maybe go get like a Gaia app or something like that, you know, pay a couple bucks for it and be, and be good to go. So you have a good way. Uh, personally, I have the inReach and, uh, like the inReach mini. I love that thing. It makes me feel super safe. Like I can go you know, out there. And if anything happens, I can communicate with people no matter what, even though I don't have cell service. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, that's on the, again, the more expensive side, but if you're going to do stuff like this all the time, it's, it's a worthwhile investment bear spray. Um, you know, bear spray usually comes in big things, but I think Costco has some where they're like smaller size now. I think so. so. Maybe, I think I saw some yeah. REI that were a smaller size. That like, so that like you know, maybe you can get a small little handheld one or something that you can put in your you know vest or your bag or whatever. That way you have it just in case you need it. Um, hopefully you don't. I mean, like I said, we've never seen anything, but you just never know out there. It's, it's the wild. It is. Um, I think that kind of covers all the, the gear that I would recommend if there's anything that you can think of that I might have missed. But I think that kind of. Now that I can think it. of. I know the one thing I would say that really helped me was having multiple pairs of shoes. If you, yeah. like, oh, cause I have, point. I have two pairs of two different pairs of trail shoes just because yeah. partly cause I've done a lot of races that I do two in a weekend. So mm -hmm. I don't want to put on my wet, nasty shoes from the day before. So I just happen to have two pairs of the same type, you know, make sure you have, you know, may maybe a couple pairs, extra socks, extra clothes. I was basically part of the things that I found like doing a lot of longer races that helps my feet a lot, switching socks every once in a while, even if yeah. I'm wearing the same shoes switch socks every couple hours. So I always, I think when last year when I was there, I think I had, I think eight pairs of socks for the 24 yeah. hours and I went through having, all of them. Yeah. Having extra socks is huge because your feet get sweaty mm -hmm. um, and, and you just, you can't really dry them off, you know, out there easily. Um, so switching them is a great way just to start over, start fresh. Um, I I've advocated for trail toes. I mean, they're one of our sponsors, but like trail toes is like a lifesaver. You put that stuff on your feet, you put your socks on, and you're less likely to get trench foot. You're less likely to get any sort of nasty, yeah. you know, blisters. Like I've personally done 60 hour events and I've gotten zero blisters thanks to trail toes and a combination of Benjinjis. That's my like, you know, go-to method, but, um, you know, got to do what works for you, but I definitely, yeah, just extras of everything because yeah. more than likely you're going to get sweaty. You're going to get nasty and, you know, putting on something fresh is always a good, it's a good thing. Um, and I'd say so it's, only 20, it's only 24, it's only 24 hours, but, uh, I, I say that oh. I feel like it's such a weird statement to say nowadays, but like, I'm like, mm -hmm. not just only 24 hours, but like, uh, wisps, like, you know, the little toothbrushes, like, or even just yep. your own toothbrush, whatever, like, but like getting your mouth fresh, you know, at certain it makes times you feel race, better. it can make you feel a lot better. It's really weird, but it makes you feel so much better. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that kind of covers like a lot of it. Um, I'm just going to really quickly go through some like, just like a given idea. And like, this stuff is all subject to change, but just to give an idea. So we had, you know, six trails last time ranging from four points to 16, no, to 19 points for the trail routes. Right. And then when it came to like, we were talking about how there's tiered points for the bonuses. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, first tier, you might be getting 10, nine, eight, whatever points. Second tier, you might be getting like seven, six, five. And then, you know, when it gets down to everyone else, you might be getting five, four, three, two, right? So like the points do change based on how, how early you do the bonus objective. Um, let's yeah. see, is there anything else? I mean, Camp Shepherd is a beautiful location. It, oh, it is. It's a Boy Scout camp. You know, we are guests there. So we want to leave it better than we found it. I know last year we even had there, there you could get extra points if you went and like cleaned up and, and, and ditched up, which... That's the other thing I liked is we had, you had those extra bonuses like, Hey, you know, you don't want to go out and race right now, but we'll give you bonus points. If you go over, you know, 
and at, at this time talk to the camp shepherd and they will say okay we want you to go do this and you basically did like an hour of service and you got bonus points and it's like at that point i was already trying to make sure i was okay from you know the heat you know the heat exhaustion mm -hmm. And then I'm like, yeah. well, yeah, then I'll, I'm right here at camp. If I start having problems, I'm right here. So yeah, we went and did the, the hour of, you know, service and helped them out. And I mean, they appreciate it and it, it makes the camp better than it was when we got there, which yeah, most people, that's what you're taught for that. They were super oh, thankful yeah. for that. You know, and, I've always um, been taught that, you know, you, when we go camping, when you go out in the woods, you go hiking, you leave the trail better than when you got there, you know? And that yeah, was, I realized that head. I don't think it's actually in the athlete guide, but maybe I need, I might need to add that to it as I'm scrolling through here. It might be in here. And I'm just going quickly, but the community service is a huge element. Yeah. Um, and you know, the one thing that we did going from the first year to the second year, having it is we increased the point value of it, like a ton. Cause I wanted to make that one hour really, really valuable. Um, because I want to make sure as many people participate in that mm -hmm. community service as possible. Because I mean, it, it, again, this is, they are giving us a really cool location to use um, at a very, you know, reasonable rate. So that way it is actually doable. Um, and so we want to do everything we can to make it worth their while too, to have us there. We don't want to like leave there and make them like, oh God, we don't want those guys back. But, you know, I don't think that would ever happen. We have such a great community and such yeah. great people in, in, in this. Um, but yeah, community service, you can earn a lot of points to do an hour of work. I mean, you'll earn more points than you would if you went and did any of the laps basically in that one hour. So, I mean, it's definitely worth your while. Um, there's also the yoga. There's the yep. hour of yoga at midnight. So, I mean, if you want a nice fresh reset, come do some stretching, some yoga by the campfire. Um, that's another fun way to earn some points um, for an hour or yeah. I think it's like 45 minutes is like what we do is, you know, but yeah. like it, we call it an hour. And it was amazing about that too. It was funny. It's like, I, I remember when it was going, all three of us were back at camp and we're all like, you're, you're at that point where like your body's wrecked. You've been going mm -hmm. a while. And then it was like, do we want to? I'm like, I'm going to go do it. You know? And the, my teammates are like, okay, I guess. And then we got over there. And then once we're done, they're like, okay, I'm like re-energized now. Let's go do this. And I'm like, yeah, yoga will do that to you. I mean, that midnight right. yoga is like, it helps you hit that third wind to go for that last, you know, seven hours of trying to, you know, get a couple more loops in. Exactly. And um, so just to give an idea, uh, point values on this, right? So, you know, Noble Knob is the longest, hardest trail, and that was 19 points, mm -hmm. right? And so I think the average person was doing that one in, let's see, gosh, I don't even know. It was a long time. Um, yeah. It was a long time. I mean, I think well, I was taking people like what six hours, five mm -hmm. hours, four hours. Yeah, like six around five or six hours minimum is kind of the average noble knob time I'm seeing on here. And you know, you're getting 19 points for that. Yeah. Or you do an hour of community service and you're getting 15 points. I mean, it's you want to strategize. That's that's your that's yeah. your game. That's your game. And you that was that one of the big service. Things, and you know, we made sure every one of our you know our people were like, go do the community service. And, and again, that's one of those things where it's only happening during a certain time frame. Yep. Um, last year we tried to do it from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. We'll probably try to do that the same, but it's up to the camp director what he wants to do there. But I mean, you know, they're going to have you do some stuff around the campsite, probably burn protection because this isn't an area where they can get mm -hmm. burns. So they're going to have you picking up sticks and sweeping some stuff up and raking some leaves, um, you know, so that way we can stop fires from happening out there and keep this place as pretty beautiful as it ever is. Man, um, it's gorgeous. You know, yoga is not worth nearly as much because that's kind of just like a nice reset, but Hey, it's still, you come do yoga, you get some points and you get a little break. It's like, you don't have to run for, you know, a, a good hour. So that's, that's another way to, to earn those points. So, I mean, we're really looking forward to it. Um, I'm just realizing one more thing. So like, yeah, when you do, the more unique trails you do, the more points you get. So once you've done like four unique trails, you get a bonus. When you do five unique trails, you get more bonus. Like, so all these things add up. And that's um, one of the things like strategy. why I end up at the Little Ranger Lookout at four in the morning. Cause it was like one of those things I was looking at. I'm like, I've if I go, I can either go do one of these shorter trails that I've already done once. Or I can go up there to Little Ranger Lookout, which I haven't done yet, and I get bonus because it's a new one, and it's going to mm -hmm. put me into that next, you know, 
for, I think, I think it put me in five different ones. It's going to put me into a different one. So, and give me bonus for that. So it's like, you know, and then you start strategizing on those, like, oh, if I do this, I get more points than if I went and did this one, that's actually technically more points, but because of the extra bonus, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because if you're just repeating trails, then you're not, you may not be getting the most points that you possibly could. Um, it's, it definitely pays to explore. It does. It does. And it, it's one of those things I think, you know, that's one of the things I've been, we've been had a couple meetings with our team so far where we're like, okay, we need to strategize for this year and come up with some ideas because we just all kind of went, okay, it's 7am and we just all went and did our own thing. And then all of a sudden it was like at midnight when we're, we're seeing the points and we're like, oh, we're, we're, we're actually in contention for this. You know, we should start paying attention. And then it's like, oh, we screwed up so bad in the beginning. We can't, you know, there was really no way to get a bunch of the extra bonuses. You know, I was able to get like the one because I'd done extra races, but one of our part, one of our team had been doing like the same two all, all day. And it was yeah. like, okay, well you know, there's really no extra ones she could do to get her those extra bonuses. But, you know, so that was a lot of the like, look at like, oh, hey, how can we do this better? You know, and that's what this year we're like, oh, let's figure this out. Yeah. And so here's what I'm going to do. I am going to go on Alter Sign Up. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyone listening to this, I am going to set up a discount. I'm going to do it right now while we're talking. Um, So we're going to get a discount code set up for everybody. It'll be beast net. Yeah. Um, and let me see. Well, let's check out what we're going to make this discount code worth. I think we're going to make this discount code. Let's see, we're going to do, we're going to do $20 off. All right. For beast, all of you beast uh, net listeners. Um, and all you have to do is enter beast net all caps at checkout on uh, ultra signup. That's awesome. We yeah. may. So also with that, I mean, we're almost to the hour mark where Don starts yelling at me. So <laughs> fair enough. I feel like we could talk forever. Um, is there anything in closing you want to say to the, the listeners before we, we sign out? Uh, you know, I, I just encourage you all to, to come do this event. Um, you know, the more people that come, the more, the more we can do with it. And I think honestly, once, there's a thir- certain threshold we need to hit to be able to start doing some really cool stuff. Um, and every year this event has improved. Yeah. You know, this is our third year and I feel like we're really, really looking forward to some of the new changes that we're bringing that, you know, you won't be able to find out until race day, but um, it's, it's a passion project, right? So like, this is not something that I'm doing because, you know, I'm making all this money off of it. I'm doing this because I, love racing and I love racers and I love giving people challenges that are fun, exciting, and unique. Uh, and I think this checks all those boxes. And so I just really want to encourage you all to come out and here's the best part about this race. It's 24 hours. It's choose your own adventure. The best part about it is you can do as much or as little as you want. No one's forcing you to go out there for 24 hours. If you want to go run a lap, come back, eat a burger, hang out, chit chat for a while, go out, do another lap, come back, take a nap, go back out. Like that is something you can do. It's you do as much as as little as you want. You make the race as challenging as you want it to be. This isn't some crazy event where we're like yelling at you. It's not some crazy event. Like, you know, all those other events that I used to direct back in the day, this is the most fun event concept that I've encountered. That's why I wanted to bring it up here to the Pacific Northwest. I personally participated in this in California I think it was 2017, um, almost one, <laughs> loved it so much. And was like, Darren, I have to bring this up to the Pacific Northwest. This race is awesome. Like it needs another location, um, you know, and it would be my dream to bring this to even more locations because it's such a fun format. It's just, it's choose your own adventure. I mean, you think about the choose your own adventure books, you think about anything that's mm-hmm. choose your own adventure, video games, whatever it be, this is like, real life choose your own adventure and i it's i get excited about it like i don't know i mean it's oh it's probably one of those ones that it's been a long time um you know because i've been doing you know a lot of different types of races for a bit now and this is probably the one right now that has me completely excited i i love this one i had so much fun last year and i'm so excited to do again this year and i agree with you i mean it needs to grow and if you know 
if you haven't signed up yet, do it, get out there, sign up, come have fun with the rest of us. It's going to be an amazing weekend, you know, and I would love to see it in multiple places and multiple times throughout the year. Yeah. And if you're on the fence and you just want to like, maybe see what it's like, come out and volunteer. I'll give you a free race for the following year. If you volunteer for eight hours minimum, um, you know, I'm happy to do that. And, um, you know, I'll, you can email me easily at Tony, um, was it Tony Sisu Endurance, I think is the email. One second, I got to look at it. I don't use this email too often. Tony.sisu.endurance at gmail.com. So Tony.sisu, uh, that's S-I-S-U dot endurance dot, um, or not dot, at gmail.com. You can tell I'm really good at saying this email address since I messed it up there <laughs> twice, but tony.csuendurance at gmail.com. And we'll make sure that it's also, we'll, we'll put links to all your stuff when we post the episode, because we want to, I want to tell everybody, like I said, if you sign up for only one race this year and you only do one race, this should be it. Well, thank you. We appreciate it. Thank you so much, Mike. I, uh, it's been a pleasure. All right. Yeah. And I look forward to seeing you soon. I, I still got to get you that stuff and then I'll, I'll yeah. definitely see you in June for the race. Yeah, we'll get together sometime soon. We can go have some burgers. Or All right, sounds good. All right, cheers. All right. See you later. See ya. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast. If you haven't done it yet, find us on Facebook. Like and share the podcast. Give us a review on iTunes or Spotify. All these things will help to expand the show in the future. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear. Yeah.